0: Johnny and Kizzy were, they left us actually in October 2008, October, August 2018, and then on their, on their way to Portugal, and they finally went out to Portugal in the spring of this year, and I've been based there, and I've been living there, and I've established the Lighthouse prayer and uh, that's been going on all this time uh, but they've come over for Christmas and uh, it, we thought it'd be great for them just to give us an update of what's been going on some of the challenges they've been facing and just to to hear some of their news so over to you too. Oh, you need a microphone yeah
1: thank good. you thank you Jonathan <laughs> thank you everyone it's it's really wonderful to be here I'm strangely nervous I've not been on the stage for a while right we've got Joshua's notes as well that's good. Uh, yeah, it's really, it's really good to be here. It's actually, we, I mean, we've been here a few times already this, in the last couple of weeks, which has been really nice, but um, uh, lovely to be able to share a little bit about what we've been doing. I've been feeling it really on my heart that there's nothing kind of more powerful in response to uh, the call of God in your life, to any, any response to God, than simply the, the, the three-letter word saying yes to him. Even if you think of the first time when you heard the gospel, and maybe it wasn't the first time that you said yes, but that moment when you said yes to him transforms your future, transforms what's going to happen. And even our daily choices of saying yes to him can open a door to extraordinary miracles, wonderful things. If you feel that prompting to uh, put an arm around your colleague at work, if you feel that prompting to knock on the door of your neighbor and give them a gift, it's always uh, an opportunity. And and when you say yes to God, it opens a door to wonderful things. It opens a door to destiny for yourself and for others as well. So when we um, said yes to God, even uh, right at the beginning of 2018 when um, we felt God saying, this is the time, this is the moment to shift. Um, It wasn't done without trepidation. It wasn't done uh, without any fear of what was to come, but it was done in faith and done in trusting him. And uh, saying yes to God is a powerful thing, and it opens the doorway to destiny, as I've said. So the first thing we did, um, having uh, God open the way for Portugal and To be honest we never expected portugal we didn't put that on the list and said this is where we we want to go or where we were hoping to go it was certainly the lord leading and taking us out there Um, and we just wanted to share a few kind of testimonies of not only how when you say yes um, god um, shows himself faithful to you but also um, how uh, he prepares the way so uh, when you're stepping into his things there are more kind of opportunities to say yes to him, and uh, he opens the way for his kingdom to come. And truly, uh, the thing that pushed Kizzy and, our, uh, and I and Joshua uh, into this, uh, this life of following him like this was firstly a yes, and that surrender and saying, okay, our lives are not our own. We're willing to follow you. We're willing to trust you. Um, One of the great encouragements, and this is a a testimony we have shared before, but just a reminder that God is for us and God is watching over us, is how he provided a house, a house uh, in Portugal. And for the few people who have have visitors here would know it's a testimony of uh, God's provision, way beyond we could ask or imagine. And uh, it's just one of those simple signs. You say yes, God provides. And that's what we've been experiencing, even as we've began to gather people in our house and seek him and seek his face.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm whispering, but I might as well just say. <laughs> just to add to the testimony about the house. The house is actually called um, Casa Dominic. And um, house, uh, casa means um, house. And um, Dominic means belonging to the master. And we just felt that was just a, a powerful confirmation that this house is something that belongs to him. And that is going to bring glory to him as we meet and gather people to worship and pray. And I'll continue very quickly. Um, so, we, we've we been really encouraged by just, again, different confirmations once we took that step of faith. Um, one of them was um, people have been praying even before we came to Luge, not even Portugal, but to the specific um, um, area that we live in called Luge or Prayer de Luge. Um, there's been people God has been put in place for years who've been faithfully praying, um, I think it's about 15 years, and we've been meeting with them. And recognizing that there's an anticipation that um, we've we've come and we're bringing something new to this place. There's an excitement amongst the people who have been gathering to pray on a weekly basis that um, new new people are coming. There's a fresh move of of expression of what God wants to do in the area. Um, And we just feel that God's just literally plucked us and just planted us. And he's bringing people to confirm that this is the Lord's doing. Um, another thing that's been encouraging us is the um, the amount of prophecies that have been over Portugal that we never even realized that this is a place that's so much on, on the heart of God at the moment. Um, and the eyes of the prophets that have been coming to Portugal, from you, mostly from the States, some of you would know um, who they were, but um, they've been all saying the same thing. God is going to move in Portugal. The revival is coming to Portugal. Um, be expectant, be open. Portugal is the a gateway nation of revival into into Europe. And John and I are just so um, humbled that God will actually want to use us and bring us to Portugal to be part of this move, this awakening, this revival that's going to be coming into Portugal very quickly. And um, and prayer is at the heart of it. Prayer and fasting and and seeking God. And we are also very encouraged that um, even though Portugal is a Catholic nation, it's very, very um, steeped in Catholicism as many other countries in Europe are, as there are a remnant, there are believers, um, spirit-filled believers that are really hungry for this move of God coming to Portugal. And we've been at conferences in the Algarve area, which is the region that we're in. And you're seeing the Portuguese just weeping before God and on their knees, on their face. And they are desperately crying out for this move and there hasn't been a reformation in Portugal and we believe that um, God hasn't forgotten this nation and in fact it's right on his agenda and um, we're going to be part of that which is really exciting and terrifying at the same time because we don't even know what that's going to look like but we just know that we're definitely where um, God wants us to be.
1: Amen and that's the thing when you say yes to God and you begin to find out he's gone before us he's preparing a people and he sent us at the right time, in the right place. And we're grateful to him and humbled by that as well, as Kizzy said. You know, in truth, we believe that, um, that it, uh, a move of God doesn't happen out of thin air, but the believers uh, themselves need to pray, need to seek his face, call upon his name, um, and, uh, and cry out to him. And uh, that's one of the, the calls we feel upon our life as we gather people um, across the Algarve. Uh, one of the other... Exciting things that we know that God has gone before us with is uh, with the church family that we've been connected to. It's a small fellowship called Oasis, and uh, it's, you know, we just know that God has gone before um, as he's prepared a church that is excited about the move of God, that is hungry for him, that it, where the presence of God is there, but also where there's a leadership who are ready to hand it over. Um, so um, we've been mentioning it to some of our updates that there was a big thing on the agenda, but simply it's that we are to be taking over the leadership of a small fellowship out there of about 30 people. And um, it, for that to become a part of the vision that we have already carried, um, which is to bring revival transformation, that God is giving to us uh, a fellowship um, that we are to shepherd, to disciple, to grow to uh, equip and to train. Um, our heart's desire is that we raise up men and women and children who carry uh, the fire of the Lord Jesus Christ, who are uh, desperate to see friends, family, community saved, um, who are ready to say yes to him and given any opportunity. And uh, we're excited about um, what God would have us do alongside uh, that group of people that he's given us um, Amen.
2: So um, just to, to end by saying that we're, we're so, so grateful for everybody who's been encouraging us, whether it's through a message, sending us texts, uh, praying for us, sharing scriptures that's been supporting us. We've, in any way, we are so, so grateful. and it, it means so much when you're far away from what you called home to have people connected with us in the UK. So we're really, very grateful to... Um, to everyone who supported us. Um, and looking ahead to 2020, uh, we're going we're gonna to go back to Portugal with a um, real focus in um, being more involved in the leadership of this church. We're not taking over just yet. We've got to, There's a transition period, but we're going to be more involved in leading the church. Uh, we're going to be continuing with our um, house of prayer, which we've been meeting together every week, and we're going to be building and intensifying um, a movement of prayer and worship amongst the people and hopefully believe and trust in trusting that we're going to connect with the Portuguese community, um, which means we need to be learning the language, which we are, uh, but Perez appreciated for that because it's not as easy, but um, we're committed to learning the language um, when we're going back and begin to hopefully be ministering in, in Portuguese, um, and for the church to be bilingual. At the moment it's, it's English, but we want to make it bilingual.
1: Excellent. All right. Thank you. Um, just uh, one other thing to say. Um, uh, again, I just want to echo kiss 's thank yous. It's lovely that when we uh, return here, it does feel like home. It does feel like family, and we're blessed by you all. Um, and we just want to, uh, yes, praise God for you and what God's doing here as well at BTC.
0: I thought uh, I, I wanted to prepare something to, to bring to you, but um, and I did prepare something, but I didn't feel it was right to do so. So I'm just going to give you a few Uh, review, if you like, points from this year, from 2019. Looking particularly at myself, I suppose, um, can I just re-emphasize again, we will be meeting here for going into the new year for prayer and praise, 9.45 for a cup of coffee, for a 10 o'clock start, and then through just to past midnight. This isn't just a new year, this is the beginning of another decade. And uh, so there is significance I know we just think, oh, it's just one of those things. No, we're passing from one decade into another decade. And as Christians, we want to literally possess. We want to come before God and say, Lord, we want to take hold of this new year. We want to take hold of this new decade. We want to declare the purposes of God in this decade. We know all the things that have gone behind us, but we want to press in to something new. So it's not just, oh, one of those services. This is a special service. And if you're able to come and join with us, then please do so. We've got a number of people leading prayer. We'll be worshipping together. So I also want to encourage you with that. And you won't be home too late. I and mean, uh, You'll be home by about half past midnight. For some of you, that's your usual bedtime, but that's for another time. Uh, the most significant thing for me, uh, I think, in 2019 was the turning. That was a week of mission that we did here in this church, amongst the churches in central Bromley, but not only that, right across the borough of Bromley, we were involved in helping that mission take place, and indeed across a number of the London boroughs. The same thing was happening, people going out on the streets and sharing their faith with people, and it was challenging, and it was a bit nerve-wracking, and there were things that were like, about it, but I found through that, and I would look particularly at my own life and say that that has been one of the most significant events, and it continues to be because it has established a steep learning curve. It's not like, oh, we did it, and that's that. It's like, we did it, and oh, I just feel as though we're at the beginning of this learning curve, and that learning curve is going on, and indeed, I feel myself that I'm still on that, and there's a lot more to learn. Learning about going out on the street, and taking our faith to strangers. That's something that we've had to learn. Learning about the fact that God does the work, but that he needs workers to do his work. And so therefore, we need to be involved. He is with us, but we need to be involved in it. Learning about the fact that many people are actually interested to know more about Jesus. But they need an awful lot of help and effort for that to become a reality, the knowledge of Jesus to become a reality in their lives. It's not a five minute wonder, it's something that we have to give our time to. Learning that this is what we have been called to do. But also learning that we knew that that's what we've been called to do, but we still find it difficult to actually get out and do it. We've been learning all of those things, learning that it, uh, it takes a lot to get hold of somebody and to help them not just understand about Jesus, but actually to be involved in their discipling of their lives. There's been a lot of learning, and for me that learning is going on, and for all of us it will go on this year, because there's going to be another week of mission come this September with the turning. But I think that's one of the most significant things that happened uh, to us as a people, as it were, in 2019. But we had significant things, we had painful things. And the most painful thing, without any doubt, that happened this year was hearing the news at this time, just after this time, last year, uh, this year. Uh, forgive me, because I keep forgetting where I am, even on what day of the week it is, but I'm assuming it's a Sunday, praise God, and that this isn't a dream. Hearing the news that Steve Hurst had inoperable liver cancer and seeing him as the weeks went by getting much worse and. After only a few short months, he was promoted to glory. That was painful. And it still is painful. And you know, it's good to be able to talk about it because it wasn't just one of those things that happened. It's a something that happened to us as a fellowship and something that we're still walking through and indeed something that the family are definitely still walking through. And we need to be praying for them Because this is still going through first. They've had their first Christmas without Steve. And they're coming into the first new year without Steve. And so these things go on. And it's something that doesn't just go away. That, without doubt, was the most painful thing of 2019. But not only was that painful, there have been things that have been challenging through 2019. That was a challenging experience in itself. But there have been others. There's the fact that we are still praying for... Angie, who also was diagnosed with cancer, and we have been lifting her up before God. And as there's that sense of us continuing to pray and to press in with our prayers on that situation, but also the challenge is, like sometimes you think like, God, why don't you just do what I want you to do? You know that feeling? It's just like, like, oh, I've got in my mind, hey, if I was God, I'd do this. And then you find that that isn't what happened. But you know what? I reflect back on the scriptures and a lot of things, you know, if I were God and I had appointed Moses to go to Egypt. They'd have come out the day after. Why not? What's the matter? Why hang around? You know, great to see signs and wonders and all that stuff, but just get them out. You're God. But God didn't do it like that. And in the Word of God, it says that His ways are higher than our ways. And you know what? We just have to submit sometimes to our lack of understanding about all the aspects of God. And that isn't easy. And I find it challenging. And I know you find it challenging. But you know what? Unless we talk about it sometimes, it never actually gets out there. We are allowed sometimes to think like, God, what are you doing? But also we must come to that place where we say, God, what are you doing? But whatever you're doing, you are worthy of worship. You are worthy of praise. And you are continually good, even though I find it difficult to understand that. So there's been the challenges... ...of Angie, which is an ongoing situation... ...and we want to pray for her... As ...just as we want to pray for the Hurst family. We're also are remembering Carlis at this time. Do you remember just a couple of weeks ago... Carlis? we had a message from Carlis ...to say that her brother was seriously in intensive care. He still is seriously ill. He's been diagnosed with a form of cancer... ...and uh, although he was on a life support machine... ...and a ventilator, they've come off that... ...but he's being heavily sedated... ...and it is literally touch and go as to what's happening with his life. It's challenging. I want to be able to just say like, okay, everything's sorted, but life doesn't happen like that. And so there have been challenges, and we want to pray for those things, which we'll do just at the end of this. But it hasn't always just been painful and challenging. There have been joyful things. And you know what? As I reflected back, actually I was looking at my phone and looking at pictures and I, I'd encourage you, if you've got a phone, you've taken pictures, have a look back over the last year, because there'll be things there you think like, wow, I've completely forgotten about that. And some of the things that i no, I won't say some of the things I've forgotten about, because that'll get me into trouble. But um, joyful things. I look back, celebrating my mum's 90th birthday back in February. There was my mum and the family come together, and we were able to celebrate her 90th birthday. I know she didn't know an awful lot about what was going on, but we did enjoy that time. And it was precious because it was only later in the year that she passed away. So it was great, actually, to have that celebration. I've excel- I personally have experienced turning 60, which was a wonderful experience. I can encourage others in that. And obviously celebrating with Helen, too, as she turned 60, with, with all her family as they came down. We had a great time there. Going on holiday together with Charlotte, Dan, and Henry, and all of our family, just for a week, but being together together, because it was our 60th birthdays and celebrating together, that was a wonderful week, and it was something really to be looked upon with great joy. Celebrating in our family two family weddings. One was uh, Helen's uh, niece, uh, Alice, getting married to Tom, who many of you will know, and the other one was my nephew, Joshua, getting married to uh, his fiancée, Helen. And we had a lovely time coming together as a family at those two times and being able to have that family celebration. That was great. Having the joy of being a grandpa to my new grandson Ezra, that was a phenomenal joy. It is a phenomenal joy. And he was probably the only one who stayed quiet over Christmas in our house. Everybody else seemed to be going bananas, but that's another story. And celebrating with my son Henry as he turned 30. So there's been 90s, 60s, 30s. There's been lots of those big birthdays that have happened in our family this year. And you suddenly realize, wow, there are difficulties... There are painful experiences, there are challenging experiences, but also there's the joy of certain things and we have to throw the whole lot in together to say this is what life has been like during 2019. Sometimes we can only look at one and concentrate on one and we forget about the other, but we need to remember that life is made up of all sorts of things. As a church, we've had some great times together on Sunday mornings as we come together as a fellowship, encountering God's presence. I always think that encountering God's presence is the number one spiritual thing that's a benefit to us last year or 2019 and, praise God, will be the same in 2020. We saw Kevin and Clive being coming together, and, and all of us bit, had hands laid on us by Mark as an eldership here for BTC. That was a great moment back in February and one to be remembered. We're obviously William and Claire joining us from the United States. That has been, see, yes. That's been a wonderful experience for us, and they're working on it. <laughs> As, as they have been settling in, having to move house just recently, and all of those challenges. But that's been a blessing to have you here with the family. That has been great. I thought of the time when I went out to Uganda, and I can't remember, was it August? I can't quite remember the exact date. But I went out to Uganda and spent time with Pastor Stephen in Camway, who I know you haven't met, but is a guy who I know in Uganda very well, and in his church. And for me, that was a really significant time from the point of view that I really felt that I was able to share things of benefit with them. And it wasn't that I preached great sermons or anything like that. It was that I was able to share simple things, things that perhaps we take for granted, like time management. Uh, But being able to share that with them and encourage them. And another thing I shared with them was, do not promise to people what you can't deliver. Now, they may think, oh, That's it. That's a great message. Thank you. They were so encouraged and strengthened with those things that it's helped to make changes in the way that they do church. And you think, well, that's a blessing. These are things that we take for granted. Well, we ought to take them for granted. There's something about our culture, but being able to share them with other people and see the benefit being sowed into them is a great thing, and I was encouraged by that. Things to press into... In 2020, have you started to think yourself about what are some of the things apart from losing weight uh, uh, that we'd like to do coming into 2020? Uh, have you thought about that? i thought about it and I, I thought this, I want to be continually consistent, continually consistent in prayer and in Bible reading. That isn't just me to say that I'm consistent, but it's I am continually consistent. In other words, you're building that, not just, okay, I've done it once a week. No, no, no. Continually, each day, getting to that place where we're coming before God. You realize that coming before God is where we gain our spiritual strength. Not just coming to church. That's being with the people of God, with God's presence, yes. But not just here. Spiritual strength is gained daily. And spiritual strength is needed daily so that you can withstand some of the things that come against us which do shake us. As we've already talked about. Things that come which confuse us. Being able to stand spiritually strong is so important. And so to be continually consistent in prayer and Bible reading is what I think is good. Learning to live more in the spirit than in the flesh. We Over Christmas you tend to live a little bit in the flesh. Because it's like, oh, food, you know, like celebration. And sometimes the spiritual things can seem a little bit further away. Let's live in the Spirit so that we can actually uh, overcome the flesh. Learning to love God more. I want to do that. I want to learn to love God more. Why? Because I found that the more that you love Him, the easier it is to love other people. The more that you go closer to Him, then He who is love. That affects you, and therefore, being affected, you have the ability to come and love other people. But without that resource, sometimes we run dry, and therefore, we find it difficult. So, learning to love God more is, I think, important. Being genuinely thankful. Kevin was talking about this, but being genuinely thankful. When I look back over the year. Over those birthday celebrations, over being together with family, over what's happened over this Christmas, where you see people in the family that perhaps you haven't seen for a while, just being grateful. God, I thank you for the relationships I have. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Relationships are the most vital thing that we have. I know they're difficult, I know they're challenging, I know they have their moments, but they are so rewarding. Where would we be? I was thinking in the house at Christmas. And there were moments of what I would describe as chaos. Glorious chaos. Particularly after the opening of presents with a mountain of paper and a little girl running around. You know, like, it's, woo! And then Ezra making his little gurgling noises and stuff. And, And you think, like, this is chaos. But it's a beautiful chaos. And you know what? Though there may be tassels and some annoyances and, like, somebody doesn't want to eat this and whatever... You work through those things because of the joy of relationship. And there is great joy and there's great benefit. You take relationships away from us and we are lesser of people. So we need relationships, but the trouble is relationships are challenging. We must get closer to God and our relationship with Him and then all of our other relationships will be affected. We want to be thankful to God for the relationships we have. Do you stand before God regularly and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for my parents. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my aunts and uncles. Thank you for the church family. Thank you for my neighbors. Thank you for my work colleagues. You know, many of us have work colleagues that you're alongside more often than members of your family. And we just think, oh, they're just work people. Thank God for them. I know they're quite annoying at times. I know. Obviously, I'm not saying that about my work colleagues. (laughs) Never. They say that about me but it's relationship. And we want to be truly thankful to God for all the things that He has given to us and for the things that He will yet give to us because He is so good. And finally, I'll just say, we want to grow in trust. Growing in trust that no matter what our circumstances, we can look to God because He can help us and He will guide us.
1: Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at
2: www.bromleytownchurch.com.